He also coaches, amen? Son, you know what I was just thinking I'd like to do? I'd like to take our choir and orchestra and just drop them right there and smack dab in front of Manhattan Times Square. You know what? Let them sing. Turn them loose. Just turn them loose. Maybe Washington, D.C., amen? We got some politicians need to get saved, amen? So uh, I just bow our choir. Thank you, choir and orchestra. Thank you so much for blessing us. We're going to talk about that city today. This is our last, last message in uh, Revelation. It's a good one, too. Amen. We'll talk about heaven today. There's 26 messages we preach through the book of uh, Revelation. And so I hope that you've enjoyed these messages in a sense. I hope that they've helped you. I hope that they've encouraged you and maybe helped you get a closer understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God himself, and the futuristic events that's going to transpire through the book of Revelation. So I hope it's helped you in your study I hope this encouraged you because we do win. And we're going to talk about heaven today. So open your Bibles today to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. As you're opening your Bibles there today, I have a special group here today I want to recognize. We have the Lindsey Lane Christian Academy Lions boys varsity basketball team. They won the area. And they're here today. I want to recognize them. You guys stand up. Where are they? Right in here. Right there. There they are, right there. Woo! God bless you guys. They got Coach Steve Murr, Greg Coffey, and Charlie Morrison are the coaches there. The cheerleaders are off today. They're, they're in competition somewhere. They really help. The cheerleaders really, really help them. And so we're just so proud of Lindsey Lane Christian Academy. They've come a long, long way, had a great season, but won the area. That's a first for Lindsey Lane Christian Academy. But Steve... That's not the last. Amen? All right, brother. Amen. We love you guys. We're going to be having lunch with them today. Just want to recognize them. Let them know how proud we are of their accomplishments, their achievement, their dedication. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of practice, right? It takes practice to be good. Amen? Whether it's on the basketball court or whether it's at home, whether it's at life, at work, or in the pew, it takes discipline. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. If you're going to achieve anything in life, You've got to commit yourself. You've got to dedicate. You've got to discipline yourself. And that's what it takes to be a disciple of Christ. It really is. And so it's worth it. And I'm going to show you today, in this text today, in this message today, I'm going to show you that it's worth every discipline you make, every commitment you do, whatever it is, you're going to win. And you're going to enter that city, that great holy city, that new Jerusalem, that Thad just sang about and our choir singed about, you're going to enter that city because you win. You win with the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you'll look in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go ahead and speak. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, speak to our hearts. You already have, Lord, through song. Lord, it's been a great pep rally. It really has, just to prepare our hearts now for the Word of God. Lord, thank you for our choir. Thank you for our orchestra. Thank you for our contemporary service. Thank you for Will and the team there that's watching us now. And Father, we thank you for music. We thank you how you penetrate our hearts and encourage us and uplift the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, it's preaching time. It's time for us to hear a word from you, Lord. This is an exciting message for us as we close out the book of Revelation, Father, in Revelation 21 and 22. So, Lord, I'm just praying today, as I've been all week, 
as I've been preparing my heart to preach, I pray you'd prepare our hearts to listen and that, Lord, you'd give us great discernment that we may know you personally, intimately, know more about you, nor about a plan that you have for our lives. You have a plan for our lives. And so I pray we'd pursue you, that we'd draw near to you as you draw near to us. Speak to our hearts, O Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Aren't you glad we didn't end this series last Sunday? Amen? We talked about hell. We talked about the great white throne judgment. All of those things. And today, it's not the end. There's two more chapters, 21 and 22. It's really the best is yet to come. And so I'm excited today to get to preach on heaven, the eternal heaven. We're going to talk about glory land. They just sang about glory land. We're going to talk about heaven, the eternal heaven. And so I'm excited about that. So we're concluding our series. Somebody asked me, are these... Are these messages going to be on a CD? We'll try to do that. Maybe we can talk with Daniel and the team and see, but they'll be on the, they're on the internet. They're on our webpage. You can go in and click on those if you like them, if you missed a message or two. And so, uh, anyway, you know, it's amazing to me when you talk about heaven, it's kind of ironic how people view heaven and how people have different perspectives on heaven. For instance, a lost person's perspective on heaven and a saved person's perspective on heaven. Uh, like Bart Millard. Bart Millard's the one that wrote the song, I Can Only Imagine. Isn't that a great song? And then John Lennon wrote the song, Imagine There's No Heaven. Right? Imagine there's no heaven. God help us if there's not a heaven. Amen? But there is. I can only imagine what heaven's going to be like. And so as we talk about heaven... I want you to think about it today. I want you to think about your relationship with Christ, where you're going to spend eternity, either with the Lord or without Him. And so you need to think about that today. And uh, how do you get to heaven? You get there through the Lord Jesus Christ. A man approached little Johnny one day on the, on the road there, and he said, Son, can you tell me how to get to the post office? And little Johnny said, Well, sir, you just go down the road, take a left, and there it is. He said, Well, son, I'm the new pastor in town. If you'll come to church Sunday, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. He says, dude, you don't even know how to get to the post office. (laughs) Amen. I hope you know how to get to heaven. I hope you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through the Son. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's how we get to heaven. So today I want to talk about, we're going to look at the place of heaven, the people of heaven, the picture of heaven, and then the purpose of heaven. All right. I'm taking some medicine so my throat's dry, all right? Anyway, we're going to start with the place of heaven. In your outline today, the place of heaven. Look in chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. Now, John, this John's writing, John the Revelator, if you will. John, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Doesn't mean there wasn't no more water, there were no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God, notice this, God himself will be with them and be their 
God forever. And notice what he's going to do. I will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. No more sorrow. No more crying. And there shall be no more pain. Wow. For the former things have passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, John, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is finished. It is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. So we see a picture of heaven. Actually, in the Bible, it speaks of three heavens. And you see that word plural used a lot when it talks about heavens. And what that's talking about, number one, there's the firmament. When you look up in the sky at night and you see the stars and the moon and all of that, you look up in the sky and see the blue clouds and all of those kind of things, that's the firmament. That's what Genesis talks about. In Genesis 1-8, God created the firmament. That's a heaven. And then there's heaven uh, beyond that, in the heavenlies, the stellar universe, that's where the planet, the solar systems, and all of those things in space, that's heaven as well. It's called the heavenlies, if you will. And then there's the eternal heaven. There's the eternal heaven, and that's where God is. So I want you to turn to Second Peter just for a moment. Turn back to your left and look in Second Peter, if you will. Find my place. Look in 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, and look in verse 10 through 13. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We've talked about this. It'll come as a thief in the night in which the heavens, there it is, plural, the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. But the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth because this earth's going to burn up. And aren't you glad there's a rainbow and a promise, right? Not going to be destroyed by water again, but it is going to be destroyed by fire. It's going to burn up. And watch verse 12. Looking and hastening the coming of the day of the God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Verse 13, Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, amen, we look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so the heaven where God is, is the eternal heaven. Where is heaven, you may ask? Well, it's where God is. It's heaven where Jesus promised his disciples. You remember when he was leaving planet earth, he said, Listen, guys, I want to tell you something. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Because in my Father's house are many mansions. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you where I am, there you will be also. You're going to be where I am. So where is heaven? It's where Jesus is. It's where God is, right? It's where the throne of God is. And God's coming down, coming down from heaven and and erecting, if you will, the new city, the holy city, 
the new Jerusalem. Let me give you just a quick overview as we look at the chapter 21 and 22 of heaven. It's a place where God will be with his people forever. He just said, I'm going to be their God, I'm going to be with them, and they're going to be my people in verse 3. In verse number 4, it's a place void of sorrow, pain, crying, and death. In verses 9 through 26, heaven is going to be a place of pristine, immaculate beauty. I can't wait to share it with you in a moment. And then in verse 27, it's going to be a place from sin and defilement. Nothing will defile heaven. And then in chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, it's a place of perpetual, continuous life. You'll live forever and ever and ever. And then in 22, verse 5, it's a place of God's eternal reign. God's going to reign and rule forever. And so we're going to be with him in this place called heaven. As the holy city of God, the new Jerusalem, comes down out of heaven, prepared for his bride. Now, who's the bride? The church. We are. We're the bride. Ezekiel chapter 40 through 48 describes the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we talked about this when I preached on the millennial. But Ezekiel chapter 40 through verse 48 really speaks of the millennial kingdom. Then what's going to happen? After the thousand-year reign, after God, Christ sets up that kingdom, what's going to happen then? Well, we know by reading chapter 20, there's going to be a battle, the battle of Gog and Magog, and then there's going to be the great white throne judgment. We talked about it last Sunday. And then what? And then what's going to happen? So if you would, turn to Ezekiel chapter 48. I want to show you this. Turn back to Ezekiel. If not, write it down. You can look it up later. Ezekiel chapter 48. And again, chapter 48, verses uh, 30 through uh, 31, gives, the, gives these 12 gates the names of the 12 tribes of Israel in verses 31 through 34. But look in verse 35. Ezekiel 48, look in verse 45. And here's what the prophet Ezekiel wrote. All, and all the way around, talking about this city, where the gates are, he mentioned those in the first previous verses, all around the city, there'll be 18,000 cubits, a little over five miles. And the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. The Hebrew word is Yahweh Shammah. The Lord is there. What does that mean? The city is going to be called, the Lord is there. Yahweh Shema. It simply means that God's going to always be with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake it. And we're going to spend eternity, forever and ever and ever, with God, with Jesus, with the saints of God, in a place called heaven. It's going to be an awesome place. By the way, there won't be a church there. There won't be a temple there. You know why? Because God is the tabernacle that comes down. That's what he said in verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and he's going to be their God forever and ever. So that's kind of the place of heaven. Let's move to the people of heaven. Number 2, I want you to see the people of heaven. Now look at verse number 7. Have you ever asked yourself, who is going to be in heaven? Well, I want to show you what the Bible says. Who's going to be in heaven? Verse number 7. He who overcomes shall inherit 
all things. Now listen, you don't earn heaven. You inherit heaven. Amen? Why? Because you're joint heirs with Jesus. God has prepared heaven for His Son, for His angels, and for all the saints that are in Christ. So who's going to be in heaven? So look at that. A is those who overcome through Christ. That's who's going to be in heaven. Those who overcome through Christ. He says, I will, he says, all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ and for us, speaking of all of us, Revelations 12, 11 says this, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of their testimony. How do you overcome sin? How do you overcome the devil? You overcome him through your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we invite you every week to come and meet Jesus. That's why you need Jesus Christ in your life. The only way you're going to heaven, the only way you can overcome evil and sin and the devil is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way. That's what the Bible just tells us there in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. It's through the blood of God and through their testimony. Listen to this passage of Scripture, 1 John. I preached on this Wednesday night. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. Listen to this. For whatever is born of God, that means born again. Whoever is born of God, born again, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. Who is he then who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I would say not only believe, but receive. It's one thing to know who he is. It's another thing to know him in you. And so you have to believe him and receive him as your personal Savior. He overcomes for you. He's our overcomer. And he's the one that uh, allows us to go to heaven. Well, who else is going to be in heaven? Be there in your outline. Those who are not in heaven are unbelievers. Those who are not in heaven are going to be unbelievers. And by the way, there will probably be more people that's not in heaven than there are in heaven. Do you know that? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and few, narrow is the way of the Lord Jesus Christ, and few that enter in. So there's going to be a lot of people not going to heaven. Well, who are they? Look in verse 8 of our text. It tells us. But the cowardly, The unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Notice that. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We talked about last Sunday. It's the second death. All of those unbelievers. And he gives the attributes here of all of those. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. Turn back to your left and go to 1 Corinthians And look in chapter 6. Look what Paul says. Now watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Here's what the New Testament says. Do you know that the unrighteous, that's unbelievers, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, my friends, Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, 
nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch verse number 11. And such were some of you. I was. I was a lot of those things. I wasn't a drunkard, but I, I like to get drunk every now and then with the rest of my buds. And I like to cuss a lot. I like to do. I like to rebel. I was a reveler, if you will. A lot of those things. And, and don't ever forget, by the way, don't ever forget where you've come from. Because the church has a tendency to look at people out there. Oh, they're sinners. But I want to remind you, so were you. And so were we. And that's why I have such passion for people. It's because I see what I saw what I was. And I see what I've become. And it's all because of the blood of Christ. Amen. Nothing that I've done at all. And there's so many people that live in your neighborhood. That work where you work. That go to school where you go to school. In your family circle. That don't know Christ. And sometimes we don't have nothing to do with them. And we used to be just like them. Amen? And so that's why it's imperative that you and I shine the light of Christ. Because they know how you used to be. They know how I used to be. And they can see a difference. And they say, what happened to you? I had a guy where I worked at Steel K. He told me, he said, man, what's wrong with you? I heard you. I don't ever hear you cuss. <laughs> I said, if you only knew. I hadn't forgotten how. I just quit. Why did I quit cussing? Because it's wrong. It's not glorifying God. What comes out of the mouth is in the heart. And we all slip. I know that. But it shouldn't be your habitual lifestyle. That's what he's saying. All of these things, these sins that people commit, but it shouldn't now be your habitual lifestyle. It's not who you are anymore. We've all been there. We've all sown our wild oats. And now it's time to get right and get real. And so people will know who we are as Christ. Amen. We're the people of heaven. We're the people of heaven, not the people who continuously, habitually fall back into those sins. We've been delivered from that. It's very important. These are going to experience the second death. In chapter 20, verse 6 and verse 14. In other words, they're going to spend eternity in the eternal hell. The eternal hell. And we're going to be in the eternal heaven as Christians. All because of Jesus. All because of what you do with Jesus. All right, let me give you number three. Number three. This is heaven, right? So I want you to see heaven. But you've got to preach the text. So I want you to look at it. I want you to see now the picture of heaven. Oh, my word, I may have a spell just sharing this text with you right now. It's going to be awesome. The picture of heaven. Look in verse number nine. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me, John says, and talked with me and said, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. I'm going to show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And watch this. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out from heaven from God. See, John in the Spirit, he's called up. He's seeing what we're reading. He's already seeing it before it happens. God's showing it to us. We can relate to us and, and give us a sneak preview, if you will, of what heaven's going to be like. 
And John's writing it down and he's seeing all of this in the Spirit of God. Now, watch this, verse number 11. Having the glory of God, this city, this holy city, the new Jerusalem, having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, the light of heaven, like a jasper stone, it says, clear as crystal. And she, notice that word, she, and she, the bride, the city, the bride, had a great and high wall with 12 gates and the 12 angels at the gates and names were written on those 12 gates, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And if you go back and read Ezekiel 48, 31 through 34, all, all 12 gates I'll have three names each of the 12 tribes of Israel. They're listed there in that text in, in Ezekiel 48, 31 through 34. It gives all 12 names, three on each gate. And then verse number 13, three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west as well. Now, this city... This picture of this city, just imagine the eternal city. It's the bride of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. It's, it's what Christ died for, for, her, for us, the saints. It's all the saints of all the times gathered in this eternal city. And by the way, it's not the city is not just a building like this church building. It's not us. We're the people. The people are the church. And the people there is what Christ died for. And there's 12 pearly gates there. In this city, the saints, and watch this, in this city, the saints of the old covenant are united with the saints in the new covenant. You know how? Watch this. The twelve pearly gates, if you will, they have the twelve names of the twelve tribes of Israel. And then in verse number 14, there's the twelve disciples, their names, the apostles, their names are written on the twelve foundations of the city. And so can you imagine that? Boy, these 12, these 12 uh, prophets, if you will, the 12 tribes of Israel, rather, God kept His promise to Abraham, did He not? And now their names, the 12 tribes of Israel, their names are on the pearly gates in heaven. And the apostles, the disciples that were martyred with Christ, their names are on the 12 foundations of this city. Wow, they're coming together. The new covenant is coming together with the old covenant. And it's being reunited together in this place called heaven. Now I want you to look in verse number 14. The wall of the city had 12 foundations. Watch this. And on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me. Watch the size of this city. It's going to be huge. Heaven's going to be a big place. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city. Its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed. It was 12,000 furlongs in its length. Its breadth and its height are all equal. Then he measured the wall. And the wall was 144 cubics according to the measure of a man. That is of an angel. Now the size of this Great holy city, the size of Jerusalem is going to be phenomenal. I'm telling you. A cubic is 18 inches, so the, the city walls, if you will, are around 216 feet high. 
just the walls of the city. And then a furlong is about 600 feet. And so the city is square, 1,500 miles square, approximately 1,500 miles square. In other words, there's room for everybody. There's going to be room for everybody. It's going to be a huge city, the New Jerusalem. And there'll be room for you today. God's got room for you. And you need to have room for Him in your heart and receive Him so you can be part of this great city. It is unbelievable. Now, that's awesome in itself. Just to think about the hugeness, if you will, of this city and think about the walls and all, the, all these foundations, 12 foundations, 12 pearly gates... Now, verse 19, I want you to watch this. This is what these foundations are made of. The twelve foundational walls are each unique in their beauty. Look in verse 18. The construction of its walls were of jasper, and the city was pure gold. Not a little gold, not overladen with gold. The city was pure gold with jasper and, 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 and clear Clear as glass, like clear glass. Now, watch verse 19 and following. The foundations of the walls of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Wow! I promise you ladies, you're going to love heaven. You're going to love heaven. We all are, by the way. Now, let's look at these foundations. Now, before I do that, I want you to picture this. Because if you don't picture, it's not going to mean that much to you. But see yourself in, in heaven. You've died. You've been resurrected. The end times. And now you're in heaven with your loved ones. And you're in this city. And you're, you're, there's no more pain. There's no more heartache. No more cancer. No more disease. You're in your glorified body. And there you are seeing God and you're seeing Jesus. And then this city is sparkling. And you got 12 jewels, stones on each one of those, all the way 216 feet high. And each one of them is their own precious stone named after the apostles. Now let's go through this and watch this. Verse number 19 and following. The first stone, the first foundation was jasper. Jasper is a clear crystal stone. And then the second one was sapphire, which is a blue stone. And then the second was chalcondia, which is a greenish blue. The emerald is green. The sarnox is red and white. Each one of them, the fifth one, the sarnox is red and white. And then the sardis stone is a red, a blood red stone. And then the chrysolite is a yellow quartz. The beryl stone is green. The topaz is a yellow green. The chrysophase is a golden tinted stone. The jasonous stone is probably a bluish type stone. And then, of course, the amethyst is a purple stone. Now, can you imagine all of those colors, all of those precious stones? You know what somebody's going to say? God went to Jared's. <laughs> he went to Jared's, didn't he? Got all these precious stones. And there they are all around. But listen, it gets better. Just watch this. This is so amazing. And you're seeing it, right? 
Watch what happens. All these stones. Now look in verse 21. The twelve gates were twelve pearl, solid pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. It's hard to even imagine. It really is. And then we're going to read in the next few verses, there's no light there. There's no moon. There's no stars. Well, what's the light? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. The light is the Lord Jesus Christ. His light is so radiant. Remember Moses? They couldn't even look at him. And and, and God. And in Christ's light, he's the light of the world. His light is shining. And get the picture. When I was, when I grew up in our living room in our house on Branch Ferry Road, in our house there, my mother had a chandelier. It was in the living room. And this chandelier had these little prisms hanging down. Y'all seen those? These little prisms. And when the light would shine through the picture window, I'm telling you, it was just beautiful, sparkly. I don't know how many of you have ever seen the movie Pollyanna, a classic, one of my favorites. I've seen it 15 times. I, I really have. Poly, if you've never seen Pollyanna, you need to go watch it. But Pollyanna, they take these prisms and they put them on these strings and hang them over the window. And when the sun, the light hits these prisms, it makes rainbows on the wall. It really does. Try it. You can do that. Take your mother's chandelier, get all the prisms off, and just hang, do it on your own, all right? <laughs> and then wish you're going to heaven. Amen? <laughs> but think about this. I thought about this. Think about this with me. Think about those jewels, 12 foundation walls, and think about the brightest light you can ever imagine ever in your life seeing shining through those jewels and reflecting in the city. Can you imagine such beauty? Such pristine, immaculate beauty? Why would he do that? Why would he make a new Jerusalem? Why would he make a new heaven? Because of you. Because of me. God loves you that much. Jesus told his disciples, guys, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. I got one for you. I'll be there with you one day. I'm resurrected. I'm going to be be with my Father. But one day, you're coming with me. And I'll be ready for you when you get there. Because I got something I want to show you. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. Amen. Verse 27. Now look at verse number 22 and following. Here it is. I saw no temple... In it, for the Lord God Almighty is a, is a lamb and its temple. Now, watch this. The city had no need of the sun or the, or the moon to shine, for the glory of God illuminated. The lamb is the light up there. And the nations of those are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut all day. There neither shall be no, no night there, no night there. And they shall bring their glory and honor the nations into it. Now look at verse 27. But there shall by no means enter it into it anything that corrupts or defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life will be in heaven. 
Quickly, let me give you the fourth thing, the purpose of heaven. Chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, I want you to see the purpose of heaven. Watch this. Here's John again, and he showed me a pure river of water of life. A pure river. I mean, you can go to Colorado or wherever you want to go and look at the most pristine branch or creek what you've ever seen. It won't even touch this. This is a river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Wow. And there shall by no means be no curse there. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And its servants shall serve Him. What are we going to do in heaven? You've asked that question. I have too. What are we going to do in heaven? Well, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to serve Him. That's the purpose of heaven. God's going to be there so we can be His people. He's going to be our God. And we're going to serve Him. He's going to reign forever. Then verse number 4 and 5. Then they shall see his face. Nobody's seen his face up to this point. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there, no need of a lamp. Honey, turn the lamp on. Mm-mm, you don't need it. We got all kind of lamps in our house. It takes me an hour to go to bed and turn all the lamps on. I'm glad there's no lamps in heaven. Aren't you, Bill? I really am. There's no need for a lamp. There's no need for sun. There's no need for the moon. For the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign with Him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In a place called heaven. Isn't that awesome? It's a place called heaven. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful place. I'm telling you, it really is. You see, there's going to be a river of living water in your outline, a river of living water. It's an eternal stream. You don't have to worry about it going dry. It comes right out of the throne. Ezekiel 47 calls it the healing waters, if you will. And by the way, if you're a fisherman, you'll read chapter 47 of Ezekiel. The Bible says there will be fishing in heaven. Matter of fact, it says there was a multitude of fish in this stream. Bradley, you're going to love it. A multitude of fish in this stream. There's going to be fish in heaven. Amen. And then, secondly, the tree of life. In your outline, the tree of life. There's going to be eternal food. Now look in verse 14 of chapter 22. Look in verse 14, chapter 22. Blessed are those who do His commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life, and many enter through the gates into that city. The tree of life. I mean, you're talking about eternal life. Life forever and ever and ever. Revelation 2.7 says this, He who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life that flows from the midst of paradise. It's what Jesus told the churches. And I'm telling you, our main purpose is going to be to reign with Him. It's going to be to serve Him. 
Now look, if you will, with me in verse 16 and 17. As John concludes, John's back now. He saw all of this in heaven, and now he's back talking to the angel. And look what happened. The angel told him, said, he said, he started, by the way, in verse number uh, 9, he started worshiping that angel again. He said, no, 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 worship God. We're going to worship God in heaven. That's what the purpose of heaven, to serve God and to worship God. Now look at verse 16 and 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you that these things in the churches, and I am the root, and I am the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. I'm going to give an invitation in a moment. That's what I'm going to say. Come. Come to Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. Look, verse 8, 17. The Spirit of God and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts after righteousness come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. You can have it today. It's up to you if you'll just receive it. And in verse 20, Jesus said, Surely I am coming quickly. He's coming back, by the way. I hope you know Him. I really do. I hope you know the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you know Him as Savior. And if you don't, right now, you're going to have an opportunity to come to Him. Before I give this invitation, I want you to think about with heaven. You see, this message means so much to me personally as it does to you. I've been living my life the last 40 years as a Christian. And I don't know if you have days like I do, but some days in the back of your mind you say, is this really worth it? I don't dwell on that, but I have had thoughts. I'm just being honest with you. There's thoughts of this. Is this worth it? Is heaven really real? Is God really who He says He is? And your co-workers and your classmates, they're going to challenge you on that. And you're going to have to stand up and say, yes, He's real. And they're going to say, show me. Show me what you believe. Live it. And so listen. Here's what I want to leave you with. Well, watch this. Heaven is real. I'm not talking about these people who wrote books about it, went up there and came back. I'm not talking about all of that. You can take that for what it's worth. But what I just read to you in chapter 21 and 22 is the real deal. There is a place called heaven. And I'm going. I'm going. You know what I'm looking forward to? Seeing my daddy. I'm looking forward to seeing my daddy, Mac. I'm looking forward to seeing my brother, Mike, my two grandmothers, my father-in-law, Charles. I'm going to see them in heaven. We're going to be in new bodies. They're not going to be dead anymore. They're alive. And I'll be alive. And the neat thing about it is, there's no more pain up there. There's no more crying. There's no more death. I hope you're going so you can see those in heaven. If you have friends in glory land Who've left because of pain Because up there 
they'll die no more. They'll suffer not again. The lame will walk in glory land. The blind up there will see. The deaf in glory land will talk. The dumb will talk to me. There'll be no sun in glory land. The moon and stars won't shine. For Christ himself, he's light up there. We'll live on love divine. Glory land, glory land. Up there we'll die no more. No coffins will be built up there. No graves on that bright shore. Just going to be heaven, isn't it? It's just going to be heaven. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. Pastor Dusty is going to be there. My dad's there. My brother's there. I'm going to see him again. Are you going? Let's pray. Father, I pray everyone in this room, those watching my live stream, every one of them have made a decision what they're going to do with Jesus. Lord, you have prepared a place for us that where you are, we can be with you forever and ever and ever. We just have to believe it and we have to receive it. And if we do, if we do, we'll be united forever and ever with our loved ones, with Jesus, with God himself in a place called heaven. Speak to our hearts, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? If God's spoken to your heart, you've never accepted Christ, I'm begging you to come today. Go with us. Go with us. You need to come. You need to get right with the Lord right now. As we sing, this altar is open. If you need to join a church, whatever you need to do. But especially if you don't know Jesus, you need to come right today. He could come back at any time. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I'm begging you to come and do business with God right now. As we sing, you come.